I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, July 23rd, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, a few weeks ago, you said the event to look for in the Middle East is the cracking of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad's military. Many senior officials have defected now, and are we finally at a tipping point? I think we are. It's always a little risky to predict that, but uh, the assassination last week of several of Assad's uh, senior leaders, uh, the defections you referred to, and the fact that the military no longer seems able to control entire villages and, in fact, is having trouble in parts of Damascus, suggests that that tipping point may have been reached. Now, there's a long road ahead, and there are a lot of problems American officials are concerned about. Chief among them is that the Syrians appear to be moving their large stockpiles of chemical weapons. And one of the concerns is whether or not uh, Assad, in sort of a last-ditch effort to stay in power, might begin to deploy those. Here at home, there's been uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes action to avoid the so-called fiscal cliff that America's headed toward. On January 1st, the Bush-era tax cuts expire, and some pretty sweeping spending cuts go into effect. The conventional wisdom has been that the combination of those two events would be a disaster, but would it? Well, it's not entirely clear it would be, because the uh, combination of uh, the end of the tax cuts and... uh, the, uh, the sort of blunderbuss uh, spending cut, might actually serve as the catalyst for the kind of action that Washington has been unable to take for the past uh, few years. So think, if in fact those tax cuts are allowed to expire, it changes the debate toward what tax cuts might be restored. And if the spending cuts go into effect, it changes the debate to What kinds of things should people be spending more money on, not less? So uh, it's such a broad, sweeping change that if it happened on January 1st, President Obama might find himself with a little bit more leverage. Of course, it's not clear whether or not he would at that point be at the very end of his time in office or whether he would be just beginning a second term. David, let's talk about Friday's shooting in Colorado. President Obama visited victims and their families yesterday, but neither he nor Mitt Romney have directly addressed the question of gun control. And that's usually an issue debated after things like this happen. Isn't that kind of a big change in our political culture? You would expect that the old debate would revive. And the fact that it hasn't tells you that some of these issues may seem in Washington like they've been settled, that people have concluded that the National Rifle Association and other lobbyists are simply so powerful that even when events like this happen, or the shooting of former Representative Gabrielle Giffords, that while there's a a brief discussion of changing the laws, um, that that discussion doesn't go very far. And in this case, of course, it looks like the the alleged shooter uh, obtained most of his weapons and his 6,000 rounds of ammunition perfectly legally. Finally, let's talk about the Olympics. They begin in just a couple of days. What strikes you about how the British are handling the Olympics and how the Chinese did four years ago? You know, there couldn't be a bigger contrast, Kerry, between uh, the run-up in China to the Olympics and the run-up in London. Uh, In China, it was a completely controlled event. You saw no uh, dissent within the Chinese press about how this was being run. 
there were a few areas set up for protesters during the Olympics to go out and conduct their protests. And, of course, if anybody applied to go use them, they were pretty quickly thrown in jail. The British press, in contrast, has been unrelenting in their criticism of how the Olympics have gone on, the kind of disruption to daily life, the expense, the mistakes made in security and other areas. And it's really been a, a, a picture in what happens when you conduct an event like this in a free society. Now, who knows how it will turn out. We'll have to judge uh, a few weeks from now whether or not the British pulled off the actual events as successfully as the Chinese did. And the Chinese did a very good job with the events themselves. But it is a reminder of um, the importance of, of conducting these in a, in a spirit of real national discourse. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.